Lord, we love your appearing. We love your presence, God. We just invite you to come again on a Sunday evening. We're here for worship. We're here for your word, Lord. We're here to create an atmosphere for one another too, Lord. We live in a very wicked, terrible age to the world. It's a great time for us. It's a great time for believers. So we want to pull together tonight. We want to cast away all unbelief and any hindrance and ask you to come in the service, Jesus, and bring comfort, bring healing, bring deliverance. Be with our families, Lord, tonight. Be with our loved ones, our mothers, our fathers, our sisters, our brothers. Be with one another, Lord, as we hold one another up in prayer. Jesus, come and speak your word tonight to us. As we heard your word this morning, we identify with those that will continue to go forward. Whatever you have for us, we receive it and accept your will. Come tonight in a special way, Jesus. We invite you, Lord, and thankful. In Jesus Christ's name, amen. Amen. God bless you tonight. We'll just turn to scriptures. Thank you. Musicians, Romans chapter 9. And then Second Peter. So want to remember uh, the Ray family. Brother Tom's mother had a fall and... And then she had a problem in her heart and they couldn't do the surgery they needed to do. And and that's where he's at tonight. We just pray the Lord will be with our mothers, our fathers, loved ones. Continue to be with his people. Soul, spirit, and body. Amen. Just remember. Amen. Romans chapter 9. We're just going to read three verses here. And um, then 2 Peter. Romans chapter 9, verse 11. For the children being not yet born, neither having done any good or evil, that the purpose of God according to election might stand. Is that what your Bible says? According to election might stand not of works, but of him that calleth. It was said unto her... The elder shall serve the younger. He's, he's um, remembering Rebecca. Isaac and Rebecca was having twin sons. And the Bible says the elder shall serve the younger. So whoever was born first, the younger one was going to win. Verse 13. As it is written, Jacob have I loved... But Esau have I hated. Isn't that amazing that before they were even born, God loved one? Some of you ate too much food this afternoon. Amen. We're back in church tonight. Uh, This is time to hear the word. Hallelujah. Isn't it amazing that God loved you and someone else that hates the word, he despises them. Say, that's not fair. Well, if if you love the word, you ought to say, thank you, Jesus. It's not that God said, I'll choose this one, I won't choose that one. He knew you would say yes. We're speaking tonight on election wins the birthright. Amen. Election wins. Second Peter chapter 1, verse 10. It's always tough sometimes to take a night service. Everybody's aid and maybe not rested today, but amen. This is good times. 
Amen. I crossed the border tonight and I thank the Lord we're able to cross one more time. There's one day we might not be able to. And the man was nice. He said, have a good service. I said, thank you very much. We will. One day they're probably going to turn us right around. And all the other believers were wondering why they're going back to the U.S. They're turning you around. I tell you, some of us would be a little bit more desperate, wouldn't we? Amen. Amen. We're together tonight. We've got this time. Second Peter chapter 1, verse 10. Wherefore the rather, brethren... This is after he had spoken on the statue of a perfect man, the virtues. Wherefore the rather, brethren, give diligence to make your calling and election sure. Your calling and election sure. For if ye do these things, ye shall never fall. So tonight, election wins the birthright. God has elected you. But that don't mean that we just fall back and don't do nothing or just get dormant or Jacob just because he had got the birthright didn't roll over and die he kept grabbing a hold of the heel he had to wrestle with the angel he didn't say don't you know who I am I got the birthright he wrestled with the angel because he knew there needed to be a greater change so tonight election wins but there's a continuing on let's give diligence to make our calling and election sure for if we do these things we shall never fail or fall God bless you can have your seats tonight just remember us we're going to be traveling to Lima Ohio for this next weekend Friday and Sunday and so will you remember us in prayer and taking some meetings there. But tonight I want to speak on election wins the birthright. But I want to take as a, a, a thought, a subtitle, maybe responding to the election call. Because Jesus said in Matthew 22, for many are called, but few are chosen. Many hear the invitation, but very few are chosen. And Paul said to make your calling and election sure, or make it steadfast. And I, I just want to, uh, in Romans, we, we spoke about Esau and Jacob. I want to remind you that Esau was a hairy uh, man. He was born first. He was the eldest son of Isaac and Rebekah. And he was also the twin brother of Jacob. Jacob was the younger brother. But whenever Esau came out of the womb first, Jacob had a hold of his heel. In fact, Jacob means a heel holder. And that speaks of the seed of God, how it speaks of your determination. You're going to grab a hold of whatever God has for you. It doesn't mean we roll over. And it doesn't mean that just because we've been elected, we're predestinated, that we, it takes the fight out of us. No, we need to make that sure tonight. You as an individual, make your calling sure. Make your election sure. And so this word uh, Esau means, uh, as, we, as we've heard, he sold his birthright for food when he was hungry. And he gave his blessing to Jacob. And, and Esau is actually the progenitor of the Arab people, the, the Arabian people. If you look today to that part of the world, they came from Esau and the Edomites. And if you follow through um, Genesis there, you, you'll read that the Amalekites came from Esau. And when the believers came into their land in Exodus, it was the Amalekites that they met right away. And, and the, it's always a battle between Jacob and Esau. 
So we see Jacob now was a, a heel holder. And both of these sons were the sons of Isaac. And they were grandsons of Abraham. And last Sunday we were speaking about this and tying it into the message. Now, we've heard the word from our prophet William Branham. But just because we've heard the word and we're, you might be a natural, you might say, I'm a natural. I've come up in the message. We've come up in the church. But uh, it means more than just being a good church member. Esau was a gentleman. He took care of his father and took care of the venison. And, and Jacob looked like he was more of a shyster and more of a, a mommy's boy hanging around the tents. But when it came to the main thing, Jacob loved the birthright. And so tonight we want to speak about that and let that be the theme again on loving the birthright. Now this message is very uh, good to hear, uh, hearing, receiving, and acting on the Word. And Brother Branham spoke in 1960. He said the world today day is being gripped by two great forces, two great religious forces that is soon coming to a head or to a showdown. And it's well represented in our scripture reading tonight of the two sons of Isaac, Esau and Jacob. And they represent both of these forces and they both come from the same father and the same mother. This is important for us to hear tonight because every revival produces twins. And the message has produced twins. Pentecost produces twins. So the revival produces the Jacobs that love the Word. They're faithful. They're passionate. We're not here just for church. We're here for Christ. We're heel grabbers. We get a hold of something. We're burdened in our hearts. As Brother Murphy spoke on last Wednesday on the burden and on travail. And he didn't know and I still haven't told him. But on Monday or Tuesday after we spoke last Sunday, there just came one word into my heart. And that was the word suffering. And I wrote it down on a piece of paper. How the bride, many times this desire, this travail, this pain that comes up within a person. Or this deep nagging hunger can become a suffering. And it's not that Christ hasn't appeared and it's not that we don't have joy, but there is a travail and a suffering to see God's Word manifested in our lives, in our families, in our church. And when we fail to see that burden, it's very concerning. When we now, we've gone five years, if I reference that with Brother Jean Manassi a couple uh, last Sunday, and we'd been to their home, and we talked about the SFU revival, how it's been five years now. And we've had children come up, and, and young people growing up in the assembly, and even those that are new. But there's nothing wrong with uh, having a love for the birthright. And a passion to see more of a move of God. Let's not get comfortable here. Let's not just get settled down and casual. Brother Ricard Van Ender spoke to the children and gave a devotion at BCA about being casual. It's a casual generation. And we don't want to show a disrespect to our lovely Lord Jesus by just being laid back. That's how Esau was. He said, I don't need the birthright. 
But when God talked about it, he said he despised the birthright. Jacob loved the birthright. But Brother Branham was talking about these two forces and how they come from the same father and the same mother. And the uh, the Holy One was ordained of God, Isaac, and was told by God, his father, 25 years before he was born, that he'd have this child by a separated and consecrated mother. Her name was Rebecca. So a seed can come from a godly father and a godly mother. And before they're even born, the Bible says, Esau have I hated, Jacob have I loved. And many might not understand that, but the answer to that question is, God knew who would love the birthright. God, by His foreknowledge, looked way ahead. And because He knew they would love the birthright, that He could elect them and select them, put them into His economy. And that's where you and I are at tonight. God looked way ahead and He can elect you and I to do certain things in His body because He knows you love the Word. The birthright is the Holy Ghost. The birthright is the first right to the birth. Amen. Do you remember those three things? Number one, the, 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 that one with the birthright. Excuse me for stuttering around. But Esau despised being the high priest for the tribe. That's the number one thing of a birthright. It's the, the first one to be the priest in the tribe. So he was denying, he was despising, he was casting it as vain and vile to have a walk with God. To have a prayer life. He didn't need to be in the message. He didn't need Abraham's message. He's just the grandson. You know, I've been born in the message. And, you know, my daddy's Isaac. And my mommy's Rebecca. And don't you know the story of Rebecca? And my mom and dad. But, but Jacob knew he needed more than that. So it's part of the seed in us to go further. And you remember, even when Jacob had got the birthright, he still wrestled with the angel. So he didn't, he didn't just fall back and say, I'm in it. I've got it now. I've got my brother and i got the blessing. But he knew he needed something that would take that fear away and take that complex away because he had to go back and, and meet his brother again. Now when we're talking about these two forces in the world... These two sons that was in the same womb. Brother Branham said they came to the world fussing and fighting at war with one another. And they've been at war with each other ever since. And will be till the end time. And the world is seriously gripped tonight in these forces. Now we're not going to speak about politics tonight. But that's exactly where politics is going. It's of the devil. And, And as soon as they throw something religious in the mix. And they try to be religious. But anything outside of this message isn't going in the rapture. That they say they want an old time revival, but we see when it comes to down heart dedication and surrender, people don't want to do that today. They don't want to be embarrassed. They don't want to come to the altar. They've been raised in church. Everything's fine. I got a good mommy and a good dad. I've been to camp. But there's a group of people like Jacob that know there's seasons, there's experiences, there's times we go through, and we are heel grabbers. We need that more tonight. And 
We need it even on a Sunday night. As we know, Esau represents carnal believers, more attached to earthly things of the earth. They're very religiously inclined and very uh, inclined toward religion. And people, you can talk to them about religion and things. They attend church. Some don't attend church. But Esau was very well represented, he said, by being, I'm just as good as the next one and my religion's as good as yours and I'm well satisfied. But now the, the Jacob part, his twin brother by election, which was by predestination, by foreknowledge, came into the world and was a spiritual man to represent the spiritual people. And, and just watch this. Brother Branham said he had spiritual discernment of what was right and what was wrong. And if you will understand that the entire church of the living God is built upon the revelation of Jesus Christ. Can we hear a cry? God give us more revelation. Amen. Amen. Let's turn to Second Peter together. Back to our opening scripture. Second Peter chapter 1 verse 10. There's no Wednesday night service and... In this season of hustle and bustle and going here and there, we should be thankful that God has put a seed inside of us. Each one of us have a seed. Every person in this building has a seed. Every person out on the internet has a seed. And our attitude toward the Word reflects our seed. Amen. I just want to say that again. Our attitudes toward the Word reflects our seed. Now, I just want to say this before we read the Scripture so that no one misunderstands. Uh, Last Sunday night when we were closing, just to get Brother Branham's attitude about Jacob and Esau so that you don't think that... You say, why would you be speaking so much about Esau on the negative? Because we are the positive part. Because there's times in our lives when Satan would try to influence us on that negative part. But when you hear about the Esau, that ought to challenge you as the other side to say, I'm not like that. Or that's not the real me. Or I don't want to be like that. So don't anyone misunderstand why we're speaking on this. Because remember, when he was closing in prayer, he said, let's just bow our heads for a moment. He's talking about this. Don't just go to church and say, I want to be a good person. Don't do that. You want to be a Christian. Don't take up with Esau. Come with Jacob. So you say, well, it's all election, brother. Well, that means that we're heel grabbers. We want more of God. Do we understand that? So even a prophet was giving us a good example of don't side with that Esau group of just being religious and getting comfortable. Say, no, I'm a Jacob man. 2 Peter 1.10 And I know some of your minds are turning already, but let's focus in on Peter. What he was referring to in verse 10 of verse chapter 1. Wherefore the rather brethren give diligence to make your calling and election sure. For if you do these things, ye shall never fall. Is that a good verse? 
Make your calling, that's your vocation or the invitation to come to the feast. It's a divine invitation to embrace salvation. Come into the kingdom of God. That's your calling. But it also has to do with your personal call in life. I want you to listen real close. Paul was saying, make your calling sure. That your personal call from God, and then it's attached to your response to that. How are you responding to God when He calls you? Make that sure. That word sure means make it steadfast. Make it something that's stable. Stop being all around about your calling in life. Say, I've been saved. Well, go on and receive the Holy Ghost. Say, I've received the Holy Ghost, but there's a placing. So make that sure yourself. Not my daddy said this, my mommy, the preacher said I was good. No, that's not good enough. In the heat of the battle, Peter is saying, because he knew what it was like to be in a corner by a little fire and, and, and have a little maid say, oh, this and that, he say, and deny the Lord. He, so this was triggering that. Make sure you have your calling sure. Receive the right to the birth. That's what Peter was pointing them to. Make your calling. Before we go to election, let's just nail this down on calling. That you've been invited to the banquet, invited by God, by the proclamation of the gospel. It came by your way. The gospel came by your way. Thank God for coming by my way. Can anybody rejoice tonight that you understand that there's a seed inside of you that loves the Word. You want to do what's right. Even when there's a Jacob part of you that's a shyster that is going in another way, that's trying to bring about things and it's shrewd, there's another part of you that says, Lord, that's not the real me. I want the right to the birth. I want my placing. That's your calling coming out. God has invited you. And it's also, and the, the last part of that is, it's the discharge of the office that God's called you in. And how that you've been divinely selected and appointed by God to manifest certain things in your life. And only you can do that. Jesus said it in Matthew 22. I'll remind you, many are called, but few are chosen. So some believe, well, the message is for everyone. The gospel's for everyone. But there's a few elected, selected. And this is what we're speaking about tonight. Election wins the birthright. Because in spite of your shell and the outside and the carnal man, and we all have a carnal man, there's a spiritual side in there that when we hear the Word, it just anoints that part. When we're in services like this, the Holy Spirit's moving. He's saying things to different hearts and different lives. I want Him to speak to me. So that part of Jacob reaches out there. It's a heel grabber. I have a loved one. I have a situation. I have something I've been praying about, God. Touch that person or deal with that individual. Lord, I want to know my calling or my placing. Peter is saying, make make diligence. Get into this to make your calling sure. To know that you're doing what God's called you to do. Now, in 2 Peter 
Chapter 1, verse 10, he says, calling an election. So what is election? What is election? If it's election that wins the birthright, election means to be chosen, to be picked out. It's the act of God choosing you. It's used of the act of God's free will. How many believe God has a free will? Before the foundation of the world, He decreed His blessings to certain persons. There'd be certain men and certain women that would rise to the level of not just church, they would be my bride. I'm electing them. I'm selecting them. I'm going to bring them out. I'm going to sanctify them. I'm I'm, going to bring them out of the world. That's justification. I'm going to clean them up. God does a good work of cleaning. I'm going to fill them with my Holy Ghost. When they're sick, I'm going to heal them. And if they don't have the power in themselves, there's going to be people around them because they're going to gather themselves together with believers of like-mindedness and they're going to be healed. Help me out tonight. They shall be delivered. One can send a thousand, two, ten thousand. So we believe in rallying around. Election wins. We're not losers. Hallelujah. God's already cast His vote for you. So it doesn't matter if you live a year, five years, or a hundred years, and everybody says you're a loser, you'll never amount to nothing. God's already cast His vote. He selected you. Now this service tonight ought to give a lot of rest to every seed of God to know that God looked beyond everything around your seed and He elected you. Before the foundation of the world, God decreed it by His choice that He was determined to bring this birthright into certain persons that through Christ and by His grace, they would respond. He would call them. And that's the election call. He would deal with them at certain times in their life. And they would respond to that. They would respond to the election call. And this is what Peter was saying. Make your calling an election sure. To take away the doubt. Seal it once and for all that I am a child of the living God. And God can't lose me. Now, in adoption, Brother Branham was very clear about this in Jeffersonville, about these four, these four steps of, of this that you'll recognize, foreknowledge and election and predestination and destiny. And he talked about this as predestination looks back to election. And election looks back to foreknowledge. And predestination looks to destiny. He said, don't forget that, that election looks back there. Election looks back to foreknowledge. God foreknew everything. Do we serve a great God tonight that foreknew everything? I'm just going to be... This might be very simple to us. Denominations don't believe it like this. They don't. I I remember sitting on the roof when I was just a teenager and I was working with a manager at at my uh, grocery store and I was helping doing some roofing and he was in a church, Foursquare Church. He was a preacher. And when it came down to predestination and election, they do not believe that God looked ahead and knew everything 
they, they just believe the message is for everybody. The gospel is for whosoever will. And that is true. But there's only certain ones that have a seed to respond to the word. And you do not become just a seed throughout your life. You were born a seed. That's why the rest ought to come. That uh, We can just rest tonight that God's called us. Say, well, how do you know that? Your attitude toward the Word reflects your seed. That's why you don't reject it. So election, he said, looks back there. And it says, I foreknow everything about their lives. I foreknow them. So because God foreknew that you would surrender and submit, He could elect you. Elect. I choose you. I'm ch- you're chosen before the foundation of the world. Not the night you gave your heart to the Lord or you were baptized. No, that's the time you begin to realize God's elected me. I just feel something coming over me. Why do I feel this way? That's the Holy Spirit. And because of His election, He could predestinate certain things to happen in your life. Predestined. Pre-know. He knows it because He's got a willing heart in you. You're not fighting Him. You're not resisting Him. It's not your mind and His mind and there's a battle going on. You're surrendered. You're submissive. Are we there tonight? Election wins the birthright. Say, how did Jacob get the birthright? Because the Bible had already said, the elder shall serve the younger. So even though he was born second, it was already spoken, the elder is going to serve you. He had to be born second. Watch, he said, election, God before the foundation of the world elected that you would become a grain of wheat. Look back there and see that he predestinated a long time ago by his foreknowledge. I like this part. He seen that I would love him. He seen that you would love him. He sees tonight that you love him. Say, but I don't love him the way I should. That's why we're hearing these type of messages. God's awakening, awakening you to the reality. He chose you before you were even born. And you get that revelation that God loves you and he knows that you're going to surrender more of your life. As we go along, you're going to mature more into the statue of a perfect man. And Peter said, give diligence to make your calling and election sure. And he's looking ahead to destiny. Let's go back to Romans chapter 9. This is review for some. A person's attitude towards the Word reflects their seed. And your surrender reflects your predestination. Say, but I'm not ready for this yet. You're going to come. And I believe when we talk to... Uh, men and women or children or young people or people that especially that we've applied the token to we ought to talk positively I believe that with all my heart we've been taught by the scripture God saying when you come into the land and he was talking positive that's how we ought to talk to one another let's be honest we've all got in the flesh and we get frustrated 
with people that aren't doing right. They're not where they ought to be. But we need to ask God, don't let me get on the carnal side. Let me stay on the spiritual side. Do we agree with that? God, God don't let me go on the carnal side. Romans 9:11. Very wonderful verses here for the children being not yet born, neither having done any good or evil, that the purpose of God according to election might stand, not of works. So election's going to win. It's not our works. But if we get a real revelation that we've been elected, it makes us want to work. We're not working for our salvation, but we, 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 we believe we've been predestinated to a destiny. It puts a love inside of us. Then, Lord, what can I do with my life? I surrender it to you. Take my life. Take my words. Take my actions. I pray God anoint us greater than ever. Anoint our families greater than ever. Anoint our church greater than ever. That the purpose of God according to election might stand not of works, but of him that calleth. It was said unto her, the elder shall serve the younger. That's amazing. The elder shall serve the younger. That's before they were even born. When they were wrestling it out in the womb, the word said the elder is going to serve the younger. As it is written, Jacob have I loved, but Esau have I hated. Would you like to turn over to Malachi chapter 1? This is where Paul said, as it is written, it's in Malachi chapter 1. Malachi chapter 1. Brother Murphy has spoken two messages on the burden. Verse 1. Malachi, the last book of the Old Testament. These verses are very good here as we see the burden of the word of the Lord to Israel by Malachi. I have loved you, saith the Lord. Yet ye say, wherein hast thou loved us? Was not Esau Jacob's brother? saith the Lord. Yet I loved Jacob, and I hated Esau. Is that what your Bible says? The world just shakes their head and doesn't understand and says that's not fair. You say, before they're even born, before they even made a choice, he loves one and hates the other. Say, how is that fair? Because he knew what they would do when they were alive. It's the same in your life. He knew you would love the birthright. Yet I loved you. You could just put your name there. And I hated Esau. Watch these next few verses. And laid his mountains and his heritage waste for the dragons of the wilderness. Whereas Edom, Edom is the descendants of Esau. This is actually the seed of Edom. Whereas Edom saith, we are impoverished, but we will return and build the desolate places. Now if you stopped right there, you would say, 
That's a wonderful, that's a wonderful inspiration of restoration and revival. But why? It was the wrong seed. It was Esau, Esau's descendants, which was Edom. They were saying, we're impoverished. But we will return and build the desolate places. Thus saith the Lord of hosts. They shall build, but I will throw down. And they shall call them the border of wickedness and the people against whom the Lord hath indignation forever. God hates those that despise the birthright. An attitude against the Holy Ghost. An attitude against the message. For our day, God hates them and their seed. Oh, you say, no, they're having a revival. They're, they're having a get-togethers. I think this certain thing is happening. And Oh, they're praying, Brother John. We're impoverished, but we're going to return. And, and God says, they will build, and I'm going to throw it down. It's just like a religious spirit saying, oh, we're going to make this happen. You know, we're going to drive this through. And God says, no, you're not. I'm not in any of it. But there's another group of people that loves the birthright. They come God's provided ways. And later on in Malachi, we're going to see in our day, it was a message to turn the children's heart that was to reveal the mystery that was hidden in the book. Our names are hidden there. Praise be to God. These are wonderful verses when you see that, yet I loved Jacob and I hated Esau. And Peter picks it up, and Paul picks it up, and Romans, and Brother Branham picks it up, and talked about how Jacob had recompense to the birthright, and his whole soul was set on the core of it. And he said, that's what the church needs tonight. Not whether you drive this, or have the best place in the city, or the biggest church, but put your mind on the core of the birthright. And friends, it's not how good we dress, or our grades in school. It's not whether we're millionaires or live in a big palace. There's a men and women that love a move of the Holy Ghost in the Word personally. That's what the Bible says, make your calling and election sure. It's not somebody else's birthright. It's your birthright. And Jacob was a heel grabber. He was like, I'm going to get this. And Esau goes out first. And it was already in Jacob from the womb to be a fighter. You know, people really are laying aside the birthright today for things of very little value. Just to be popular in the school. Just to be the, you know, the jokester in the class. To be good looking for a while and we find as time goes on, the beauty fades. And they're left with a reality of emptiness. And that's why the word comes with election. At a very young age, if a person can get a revelation that I came from God, I'm going back to God. I'm predestinated and and the devil, he can't move me off of this. This This isn't a vote and this isn't a popularity contest. Is this who can have the most charisma and who can be at the top of the ladder and be debt free? It's our names written on the Lamb's book of life. When the roll is called up yonder, there's a few checklists that have to be checked. If it was all about money, there's a lot of people in the world that are a lot further down the road than us. If it was about good looks and natural things like that, They're a lot further down the road than us.
Lord, give us a passion for the birthright. Give us a love for the birthright. Let this word be my life, Lord. Let it be my words. Let it be my thoughts. Let it be my actions and my deeds. Let it be the theme of my life. I don't need a big billboard hanging over my garage tonight. I need it in my heart. Lord, let the birthright be the main thing. Let me be obsessed with it, Lord. Let us become addicted to it and saturated, overwhelmed. Because this is Abraham and his seed after him. Remember Esau could have said, I'm the seed of Abraham. My daddy is Isaac. My great-grandfather is Abraham. Oh, I'm in the message. But Jacob knew there was something in the birthright. There's something laying there that I've got to have. And that's where Brother Brenham said, he didn't say, now I'm going to choose you and I'm going to send you to hell. And I'm going to choose you and I'm going to send you to hell. He said that wasn't God's idea. He wanted all of us to come to heaven. But being God, he foreknew who would come and who would not come. He said that clears up Romans 9, where he said that the election of God might stand sure that either before either boy was born, talking of Esau and Jacob, God said, I love Jacob and I hate Esau. I tell you, if God hates something, he hates it. But if God loves something, he loves it. I want to say this tonight to every person here. He loves it when you love Him. He loves it when there's just a little twinge of desire and you move out there. He loves it when we lay aside the things of life and say, God, I give you my time. I'm going to sanctify that to you in this crazy, crazy, busy Christmas season. I'm giving that time to you. Some of you in college have, have just finished some of your exams. You have two or three weeks off. It's a good time to vote to devote that to the word. Jesus. God knew by his foreknowledge that Esau was nothing of a spiritual desire in him he was going to despise and walk away from it when it really came down to it. He he liked food. Better than the word. A little pottage, a little porridge, just a little warmth. I got to have a little bit of status and a little paycheck as long as the paycheck's coming in. And no, there's a bride that's a lot deeper than that. Jacob says, I got to have more than pottage and around mommy's tent. God knew from the beginning. He knows the end from the beginning. And if he's not, if he doesn't know, then he's not God. God's not stumbling around tonight asking us, oh, would you love me? Would you serve me? He knows those that are really serious about making it in the rapture. I believe I'm looking at a church that are, are serious about making it in the rapture. We, that's why we've moved here. That's why we've come here. That's why we're here on a Sunday night. Is because we love the birthright. And I want to love it more. Forgive us sometimes if it seems like we're overzealous or we're overly passionate. 
But we want to be more zealous for it. We, we want to be more passionate. Maybe there would be a lost loved one actually turn tonight when, when someone that is actually has the token starts getting desperate about it and saying, No, I, I, I'm praying for you, brother. I'm praying for you, sister. Let's turn back to Genesis just for a little bit. Not for review, but so we have this nailed down in our hearts. This actually happened in the Bible. And Brother Branham brought it to our day that these forces are alive today in the womb of this earth. Jacob and Esau. We could bring it right down home that have been born out of the revival of the message. And they're in every church. They're in every revival. Every revival produces twins. Brother Branham said that. Every revival produces twins. Every revival has twins. And that true revival produces people that love Christ. They're going to go on. But it also produces... It also produces... It also produces... Just good church people. Shh, shh, shh. Don't talk about anything. Just talk pleasant things. Just talk nice things. Brother Branham talked about how people today, they just want someone that just talk pleasant things. But there's a Jacob that is grabbing a hold of the heel, saying, speak a word that would discern my heart. Discern my need, Lord. Let the sun shine deep into the situation, Lord. Genesis 25, in verse 20, we found that Isaac was already 40 years old when he took Rebekah. Genesis 25, verse 20. Isaac was 40 years old when he took Rebekah. Did I say the wrong chapter? Verse 22. And the children struggled together within her. And she said, if it be so, why am I thus? Remember, this is Rebekah. That consecrated virgin, mother, saying, why am I thus? She was suffering. She was travailing. Why am I thus? And she went to inquire of the Lord. And the Lord said unto her, two nations are in thy womb, and two manner of people shall be separated from thy bowels. And the one people shall be stronger than the other people, and the elder shall serve the younger. Isn't that amazing? Before they were even born. The first one that comes out is going to serve the younger. So when her days were to be delivered were fulfilled, behold, there were twins in her womb. And the first came out red, all like a hairy garment. And they called his name Esau. And after that came his brother out and his hand took a hold on Esau's heel. And his name was called Jacob. And we see that in verse 27, that as they grew, Esau was a cunning hunter, a man of the field, and Jacob was a plain man dwelling in tents. And Isaac loved Esau because he did eat of his venison. But Rebekah loved Jacob. And Jacob sawed pottage and came from the field and he was faint. Sorry, Jacob sawed pottage and Esau came from the field and he was faint. And Esau said to Jacob, feed me, I pray thee, with that same red pottage, for I am faint. Therefore was his name called Edom. Watch these next four verses. And Jacob said, 
Sell me this day thy birthright. And Esau said, Behold, I am at the point to die. And what profit shall this birthright do to me? He was showing his attitude of the birthright. It's of no value to me. And Jacob said, Swear to me this day. And he swore unto him. And he sold his birthright unto Jacob. Then Jacob gave Esau bread and pottage of lentils, and he did eat and drink and rose up and went his way. Thus Esau despised his birthright. Let's speak about this tonight. It's not someone else. It was his own. And tonight it's one thing to despise another person or look down as we... Heard last Sunday to call someone to disdain them, have no time to have contempt and say they're vile, it's of worthless to me, you, you bad person, you this, or you are, but to look at your own birthright and say, I despise that. I, I'm walking away. Just give me a little pottage, a little bread, and I'll be happy. He walks out of the tent as it was, he's happy, he's satisfied. He gave away so much because he was an earthly man after the flesh. He was more in touch with the daily things of life, school and work and family affairs, domestic affairs. That's why a prophet could say, why do you hunger? Why do you thirst? He's talking of a greater hunger, a greater thirst. But don't let your job take it out of you. Don't let somebody else take it out of you. And and it's not even somebody that's wrong. It could be a husband, a wife, a friend, a neighbor, a minister. Don't let nobody take this hunger out of your life. Stay passionate about the birthright. We could speak a whole other service on this, on those three things of the birthright. But Esau was looking right at the right to be born again. And he was saying, I don't need that in my life. I can make it in the rapture without being like that. I don't need to have holiness. I don't need to have an atmosphere. And they just walk right on. Friends, it's a very dangerous attitude. And there's, a, there's bride members that look right at that and they say, God, help me. Humble me, Jesus. Has anybody here ever said, God, take pride right out of my life. Take carnality out of my life. Lord, am I being insensitive here? This is right in your your situation. And maybe God's looking at it totally opposite than the way you are. Then God, turn my heart. Turn my attitude. It it could be looking at you right over here and you're all focused and doing and maneuvering and God wants... Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Listen to this message this week. A certain message. And God will give that attention by a minister that's in a certain channel. So you go and you listen to the Hebrew series as Brother Tim preached on perfection. And so we get the Hebrew series and we get the books from the office. Sister Sally Powell picked up two more as she traveled through Indiana for us. Why? Because the burden of the word of the Lord on Malachi. Now it's the burden of the word of the Lord on the ministry. Now that becomes our burden. As we hear the word, it becomes a travail. It becomes a pain. And Esau looked right at that and said, I I don't need to be the priest of my home. I don't need to be in the lineage of the priesthood. I'll just take, you know, what I need to make it by. 
That's the number one thing of the birthright was in line to be the priest of the family. He said, I don't need that. Number two, this is Deuteronomy 21, 15 to 17. The birthright was to receive a double portion of the paternal property that was allotted by the Mosaic law as the children grew up and they got a certain portion. But the firstborn got a double portion. It's right in Deuteronomy 21. And Esau was looking right at the word and he was saying, I don't need a double portion. Just give me church. I'll just be a good person. I'll just pay my tithes and give a little offering and help people in need. And I'm not a bad person. And the bride is looking at it. How can I get a double portion? How can I, for myself and for my husband, for my wife, where I have wine and oil to help someone else. Friends, don't be so busy like the priest and the Levite that you can't stop and pour in some oil. Pour in some wine. You say, I've got enough for myself and I've got more for you. Oh, Jesus, help us. Esau was an attitude, oh, no, I don't think, I don't even think like that, what, what we can do for someone else's family. We're, Brother John, we're treading water. We're barely making it. No, God is calling on us to have enough ourselves and enough to give. Esau looks at it and says, you're crazy. It's what my family needs. It's what we need. It's what we're doing. And, and a real bride member says, God, give me a burden for others. Can we receive that tonight? Give me a love for others then. Yes. Put a burden on me, Lord. And lastly, of this birthright. Let's go to Hebrews 12. 16. Review is good. If every single person had the birthright and was walking in their land, make your calling and election sure, then God could flow through the body at a greater level. That's what we want tonight. So in Hebrews 12, 16, just one verse, Paul speaks about this again, about Esau. Hebrews 12, 16, lest there be any fornicator or profane person as Esau who for one morsel of meat sold his birthright. A fornicator or a profane person, comma, as Esau. So he's equating this, of this disdain for the move of God, for the word of God as a fornicator, as a profane person. And a person says, why are you reading that? Because it moves the bride into a place where, God, help me to be sensitive. A lot of us would say, well, he wasn't despised. It's not that big of a deal. He was just hungry. And God looked at it and said, he despised the birthright. I'm despising him. Oh, and then his descendants want a revival. And they say, we're going to build this. We're going to do this. And God says, they build it up. I'm going to tear it down. You watch the lineage of that. You watch the seed of that. And it just moves the bride into another train of thought. God, move me to the other side. Oh, just be casual. Just be be casual. It's all going to be okay. 
And you can say that one person say, it's all going to be okay and they're speaking of faith. And another person saying, it's all going to be... But it's actually a lazy faith. It's a laziness. They're, they're, it's not an act of faith of it's all going to be okay. It, it's a laziness. They don't want to get out there. The victory is in the birthright. It's in being elected. But when Jacob got the birthright, he didn't roll over and roll out on a big throne and say, I got it. He wrestled with the angel. We see this in verse 16. For one morsel of meat sold his birthright. And you know how that afterward, when he would have inherited the blessing, he was rejected. For he found no place of repentance, though he sought it carefully with tears. And Brother Tim Dodd touched on this a little bit on the Sunday morning. There will come a time when a person will cry out in repentance. And there will be no repentance. They'll cry out to be saved. Help me! Deliver me from this! And the bride's already gone. The rapture's already gone. And there'll be people left on earth like Esau's. And they'll cry for repentance and seek it carefully for tears. The Bible describes it. Mountains fall on us. And, and it's not, there's no Savior there then for them. The bride's gone. So it moves us into the bride into a greater experience with the Lord. Jesus, help me not to despise you. And it might just be the little things of life that we gloss over. We say it's no big deal that God is asking us and even requiring some of us to make our election sure. That means to make sure the soles of our foot is on something stable here. Do you know where you're standing? Oh, it's whatever my daddy thinks. No, it's what, what's your revelation? Oh, it's whatever my mommy thinks about how my dress is or how I look. No, it's, there comes a time when a person has a revelation themselves. That I've got to stand before God and give an account. As we come down now to the end of the service and close. You can't blame those people for not wanting the birthright. They don't have a seed. That's what Brother Branham said. Don't blame them people. They can't help it. They were predestinated to that. Friends, this is very amazing that they were actually, they were predestined to that place. But we've been predestinated for the other side. Hallelujah. We've been predestinated to find the mind of God and make our calling sure to really nail it down and say, this is what God's called me to do. And I know some of you are in that place tonight where you're praying for God to lead you or direct you, not just in salvation, not just in receiving the Holy Ghost, but Lord, what is your calling? Let Peter speak tonight from this microphone. Make it sure yourself. Get in a prayer closet yourself. It's not somebody else telling me that I'm called to do this or you're called to do that. It's you wrestling it out yourself. Does this church believe that? Or do we just teach our children, it's okay, just come to church, oh, you sleep on the pew, it's all, you're a fine person. And they grow up and they start going in another direction. We've already lost them. 
When that real love, that real passion and nurturing that, and cultivating of a, of a love for the Lord. Amen. It's not the preacher's job only. It's all of our job. It's all of our job. We're, we're wrestling even tonight. We're, we're fighting our way through. God, in these last few minutes of the service, let this week be one of the greatest weeks of our lives. Because we love the Word. We love the birthright. We want more of the Holy Ghost in our families, in my job, in my, in my relationship. Don't you worry about that person and how they're going to take you. They'll walk away if they're not a real friend. A real godly friend will love it when you make a stand for Christ. Even if there's misunderstandings. and You say, well, we don't look at things exactly the same. But there's many men and women that are selling out their spiritual birthright tonight for just a little bit of popularity. A little something of the world. Maybe women, it's a certain thing. Makeup or hair, clothes or something. Maybe it's men, it's dirty jokes or just looking for some kingdom or cigarettes or something of the world. I pray God give us a love for your word, for the scripture. Brother Brown said, I don't want to hurt you, but we're way up the road and we're coming up now. We're coming up the ladder quickly. And a whole other generation has come up. God give us a greater love, Lord. Yes, Lord Jesus. You know, a person can actually, a mother can have movement going on in her womb and a certain kind of a life and maybe twisting and kicking and jumping. But that's not a full birth. And a person spiritually can have a lot of jumping and twisting and burden and action and they haven't gone all the way. But Brother Branham said when they're born and he takes his hand like a spanking like that and, and they squeal and they let out a life and they receive a living soul, that's where many in the message have not gone there yet. There's a lot of twisting and jerking and they can go along and yet move over here, they move over here and, and they can be kind of like herded. We're not a bunch of goats. There's men and women that are, are birthed by the Word. And if everyone around them rejects it, they love the Word. Hallelujah. God, give us real births and more genuine births. Not just muscles twitching and acting like that. And oh, it's back Monday and back Tuesday and a little squint. No, no. But Lord, give us a life and a living soul bursting through our lives. Hallelujah. Sons of God are born by the Spirit. Daughters of God are born by the Spirit. They love the Word. They want more of Christ. But to Esau, it just doesn't mean anything. They despise it. The carnal believer today will look right at the birthright, right at the Holy Spirit, and despise that. He said the carnal mind wants God to bring the birthright down to their level. Let's just fellowship on this. The carnal mind wants to bring the birthright down to their level. So we all, we all are, we can see that. I understand what you're saying. That's, the carnal mind brings it down. But he says, for me, and I believe all true born Christians, we meet it on God's level. So it's not bringing it down to our 
little minds and what, we, and what we're comfortable in. Like the young man a few weeks ago in Seattle, he's jumping and he's crying out to God. And I got a text the next day or two. Oh, that, that, my, my family, we felt our safety. And I'm like, God, give us more people that are burdened for the things of God and burdened to see a move of God. Well, years ago, they didn't have nice church buildings and plush pews. They met in caves and dens and little storefronts. But God was moving. God was stirring. If we're not careful, we become comfortable, sit back, just get this little stoic look on our face. Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh. And God wants to send a, a mighty gusher of the Holy Ghost. That's the real believer. They want a double portion. Hallelujah. Well, men and women become high priests, kings and priests unto God. That's what Jacob said. I'll have that double portion. I'll be the priest of our family. I have vision for the future. It's just not my little tummy and my little job. Oh, I'll have a little pottage. Thank you very much and walk out. Jacob says, God, give us a real Holy Ghost move. Brother Branham, I was listening to him this week and he's talking and he's just so sensitive to the Holy Spirit and things and I just said, Lord, make me more like that. We can be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Do you all agree that we can be more sensitive and God can show you things to come, show you around the corner, settle your heart, give you peace about that. Lord, we don't want to just bring the birthright down to our level. But we want to meet it on God's level. It means more than our popularity. More than my job. More than my mother. More than my father. More than my wife. More than my husband. We're, we're heel grabbers. If my son don't go, I'm still going to go. If my daughter don't go, I'm still going to go. And by the way, I'm taking them with me. See, that just turns the table on the, on the, and he gets frustrated. It's time we frustrate the devil. Hallelujah. If all of our friends walk out from us, what a friend you have in Jesus. Just give us that birthright. We don't care what we have to pay. We want to meet God in his requirement. That's the main thing. That's spiritually minded people. We're on our road to heaven. We're on our road to heaven. And wherever everybody else is going, let them go. But we're on our road to heaven. Hallelujah. And brothers and sisters, that's why doves, they don't eat around on dead carcasses. Now as we close now. The dove is the only bird there is that doesn't have a gall. There's no bitterness about a dove. She couldn't digest it. And there's nothing about a man or a woman that ever tasted of Jesus Christ. You can't taste the world no more. You'll spit it out every time. There you are. Both of them can fly. Both of them's got churches. Both of them can sit on a roost. But there's a difference in them. Like Cain and Abel. This side Cain, this side Abel. Look at these spirits, he said, growing on. Oh, how they come through Esau, Jacob. Esau was for far better gentlemen than Jacob. Jacob, if you excuse it, he said, God forgive me, was a little shyster. Yes, what was he? A little lazy fella. But he was chosen of God. Are you chosen tonight? Amen. 
Have you been elected by God? You say, well, I don't know about that. Ask God to reveal that to you. That's a personal revelation. And maybe we need to walk away from services like this saying, God, I need a greater personal revelation. I'm going to shut myself into a little private place. I'm going to fulfill the word. I'm going to make my calling sure. I'm going to make my election sure. God, come down and meet me. Before I go to school, before I go to work, before I go out and start this, this week, Lord. Election wins the birthright. Say, then I've already won. That, that you're telling me that I'm predestined. Then I'll just, then I'm predestined. Whatever will be, that's the wrong attitude. It moves the bride into another channel. As we bow our heads tonight. God, help us not to look at just the natural, carnal side so much. Some of you can read later, but in Genesis 27, when Esau realized that Jacob, he said, had supplanted me these two times, he took away my birthright, and behold, now he hath taken away my blessing. And he said, hast thou not reserved a blessing for me? See, they still want to stay religious. I still want a blessing. I still want a blessing. But the bride desires the birthright. And Pentecost wants all the blessings and the good feelings. But the bride wants the birthright. They want the right to the birth. They want to be able to live a life so that people around them can be birthed. They have a hunger to see God move around them. Friends, let's not be selfish now as we come into this season. Let's not be selfish. But let's say, God, it's not just the blessing. I need that right to the birth, that authority. God's already given that to you. It's in you tonight. Oh, Jesus, Spirit of the living God, fall fresh on us, Lord. As we're just quiet, He is Lord, Brother Benjamin again. He is Lord, He is Lord. He is risen from the dead and He's my Lord. Lord, make this more personal to us. My calling, my election. Take our salvation more serious. Take our experience with the Holy Ghost more serious. Be honest with you. As we walk amongst ones and see families now and see the newer crop coming up, there's a concern. I'll be honest with you. There's a concern. Lord, give us a love for these things. It's not just passed on through family lines and family strains. This is you and God. Good mothers, good school teachers, good fathers, good ministry, good church, good school, good brothers, good sisters. 
but what does that birthright mean to you? Jesus, let it mean more to us tonight, Lord. Mean something more to me than ever before, God. Can we take these things more to heart now? We do see, as we've gone on in time, this one go that way, this one happen here, this come up in the family, this come up in the situation. And all of us have matured, all of us have gone down the road. Stay Lord of our lives, Jesus. Don't let anything come into that sacred place. Lord, if we're guilty of having something else come into that place that should be for you or for, t- for your presence, we're asking for forgiveness tonight and we're repenting before this altar so that that atmosphere and that presence could now move from the pages, from the services into our lives and into our loved ones so that the first six or seven rows of our homes could sense that there's a presence in our home now that's different. Why, Daddy, are you looking out the window? Why is there sweat rolling down your forehead like it was in the days of the token back there? It's because the same desperation is in our hearts now. That's the joy that comes in the morning is when we see that travail become a birth. Not just muscles twitching, not just a little action and kicking around, but when we see someone go all the way themselves, where they can stand on their own experience, say something's different, something's changed. Oh God, great dove of God come and abide in our souls Jesus spirit of the living God stay fresh within our experiences God don't ever let us despise those things that are sacred and that you've put in our lives to draw us closer to you don't let us be guilty of being critical of the very thing that you brought into our lives to build us up and mold us. Jesus, take these stones, take these revelations, these experiences, and great master craftsmen, place them, Lord, as the statue of a perfect man. Put them into the building, into the dwelling place, that we would be a living sanctuary, God. Maybe tonight someone has a question. Maybe tonight someone has a question mark and you'd like to give that to the Lord. You'd just like to pray right now as we give you that, that time. Oh God. And as your heart begins to come up before Him, the Holy Spirit begins to answer back. He begins to speak to you. Oh, thank you, Jesus, for these grand occasions that we can come up to you, come up into your presence. Oh God, we don't want to just 
try to bring you down to our carnal minds, down to an understanding and little intellectual discourse back and forth. And, but Lord, go beyond our understanding. Go beyond our thoughts. Go beyond our thinking. Let there be a supernatural movement in that situation, in that experience, God. We're thankful, God. We want to leave the sanctuaries we heard this morning rejoicing and happy and smile on our face and confessing the word. Oh, Jesus, let us be heel grabbers, men and women. Love that birthright. We hear a certain title. We search that out. A certain message. We write that down or we get that from the back table. God's gifts always find their places. So we say, Lord, I want to find my place. or I want to help someone find their place. Make it more real to us, Jesus. Amen, God. We pray you'd cap off these lives. Cap off these Brothers and sisters, move among us, Lord Jesus, as we mingle amongst one another, as we fellowship and talk. Let the sweetness of Jesus, your greatness, flow through us, Lord. Automatically, Lord, as we're feeding from you, let it just flow out, Lord. Maybe it's the answer someone's been looking for for a long time. You would just turn that key within their heart. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Can we talk to him for a little bit before we go, before we're dismissed tonight? Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, God. We can talk to him as we stand. He has risen from the dead and he my Let your word.